part two chapter six section two of crime and punishment by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part two chapter six section two all right then this is how i should behave raskolnikov began again bringing his face close to zamatov's again staring at him and speaking in a whisper so that the latter positively shuddered this is what i should have done i should have taken the money and jewels i should have walked out of there and have gone straight to some deserted place with fences round it and scarcely anyone to be seen some kitchen garden or place of that sort i should have looked out beforehand some stone weighing a hundred weight or more which had been lying in the corner from the time the house was built i would lift that stone there would sure to be a hollow under it and i would put the jewels and money in that hole then i'd roll the stone back so that it would look as before would press it down with my foot and walk away and for a year or two three maybe i would not touch it and well they could search there'd be no trace you are a madman said zamatov and for some reason he too spoke in a whisper and moved away from raskolnikov whose eyes were glittering he had turned fearfully pale and his upper lip was twitching and quivering he bent down as close as possible to zamatov and his lips began to move without uttering a word this lasted for half a minute he knew what he was doing but could not restrain himself the terrible word trembled on his lips like the latch on that door in another moment it will break out in another moment he will let it go he will speak out and what if it was i who murdered the old woman and lizaveta he said suddenly and realized what he had done zamatov looked wildly at him and turned white as the tablecloth his face wore a contorted smile but is it possible he brought out faintly raskolnikov looked wrathfully at him own up that you believed it yes you did not a bit of it i believe it less than ever now zamatov cried hastily i've caught my cock sparrow so you did believe it before if now you believe it less than ever not at all cried zamatov obviously embarrassed have you been frightening me so as to lead up to this you don't believe it then what were you talking about behind my back when i went out of the police office and why did the explosive lieutenant question me after i fainted hey there he shouted to the waiter getting up and taking his cap how much thirty kopecks the latter replied running up and here is twenty kopecks for vodka see what a lot of money he held out his shaking hand to zamatov with notes in it red notes and blue twenty-five roubles where did i get them and where did my new clothes come from you know i had not a kopeck you've cross-examined my landlady i'll be bound well that's enough i say case till we meet again and he went out trembling all over from a sort of wild hysterical sensation in which there was an element of insufferable rapture yet he was gloomy and terribly tired his face was twisted as after a fit his fatigue increased rapidly any shock any irritating sensation stimulated and revived his energies at once but his strength failed as quickly when the stimulus was removed zamatov left alone sat for a long time in the same place plunged in thought raskolnikov had unwittingly worked a revolution in his brain on a certain point 
and had made up his mind for him conclusively ilya petrovitch is a blockhead he decided raskolnikov had hardly opened the door of the restaurant when he stumbled against razumihin on the steps they did not see each other till they almost knocked against each other for a moment they stood looking each other up and down razumihin was greatly astounded then anger real anger gleamed fiercely in his eyes so here you are he shouted at the top of his voice you ran away from your bed and here i've been looking for you under the sofa we went up to the garret i almost beat nastasya on your account and here he is after all rodya what is the meaning of it tell me the whole truth confess do you hear it means that i'm sick to death of you all and i want to be alone raskolnikov answered calmly alone when you are not able to walk when your face is as white as a sheet and you are gasping for breath idiot what have you been doing in the palais de cristal own up at once let me go said raskolnikov and tried to pass him this was too much for razumihin he gripped him firmly by the shoulder let you go you dare tell me to let you go do you know what i'll do with you directly i'll pick you up tie you up in a bundle carry you home under my arm and lock you up listen razumihin raskolnikov began quietly apparently calm can't you see that i don't want your benevolence a strange desire you have to shower benefits on a man who curses them who feels them a burden in fact why did you seek me out at the beginning of my illness maybe i was very glad to die didn't i tell you plainly enough to-day that you were torturing me that i was sick of you you seem to want to torture people i assure you that all that is seriously hindering my recovery because it's continually irritating me you saw zosimov went away just now to avoid irritating me you leave me alone too for goodness sake what right have you indeed to keep me by force don't you see that i am in possession of all my faculties now how how can i persuade you not to persecute me with your kindness i may be ungrateful i may be mean only let me be for god's sake let me be let me be let me be he began calmly gloating beforehand over the venomous phrases he was about to utter but finished panting for breath in a frenzy as he had been with luzhin razumihin stood a moment thought and let his hand drop well go to hell then he said gently and thoughtfully stay he roared as raskolnikov was about to move listen to me let me tell you that you are all a set of babbling posing idiots if you've any little trouble you brood over it like a hen over an egg and you are plagiarists even in that there isn't a sign of independent life in you you are made of spermaceti ointment and you've lymph in your veins instead of blood i don't believe in any one of you in any circumstances the first thing for all of you is to be unlike a human being stop he cried with redoubled fury noticing that raskolnikov was again making a movement hear me out you know i'm having a housewarming this evening i dare say they've arrived by now but i left my uncle there i just ran in to receive the guests and if you weren't a fool a common fool a perfect fool if you were an original instead of a translation you see rodya i recognize you're a clever fellow but you're a fool and if you weren't a fool you'd come round to me this evening instead of wearing out your boots in the street since you've gone out there's no help for it 
i'd give you a snug easy chair my landlady has one a cup of tea company or you could lie on the sofa anyway you would be with us zosimov will be there too will you come no rubbish razumihin shouted out of patience how do you know you can't answer for yourself you don't know anything about it thousands of times i fought tooth and nail with people and run back to them afterwards one feels ashamed and goes back to a man so remember pochinkov's house on the third story why mr razumihin i do believe you'd let anybody beat you from sheer benevolence beat whom me i'd twist his nose off at the mere idea pochinkov's house forty seven babushkin's flat i shall not come razumihin raskolnikov turned and walked away i bet you will razumihin shouted after him i refuse to know you if you don't stay hey is damatov in there yes did you see him yes talk to him yes what about confound you don't tell me then pochinkov's house forty seven babushkin's flat remember raskolnikov walked on and turned the corner into sadovy street razumihin looked after him thoughtfully then with a wave of his hand he went into the house but stopped short on the stairs confound it he went on almost aloud he talked sensibly but yet i am a fool as if madmen didn't talk sensibly and this was just what zosimov seemed afraid of he struck his finger on his forehead what if how could i let him go off alone he may drown himself ach what a blunder i can't and he ran back to overtake raskolnikov but there was no trace of him with a curse he returned with rapid steps to the palais de cristal to question zametov raskolnikov walked straight to x bridge stood in the middle and leaning both elbows on the rail stared into the distance on parting with razumihin he felt so much weaker that he could scarcely reach this place he longed to sit or lie down somewhere in the street bending over the water he gazed mechanically at the last pink flush of the sunset at the row of houses growing dark in the gathering twilight at one distant attic window on the left bank flashing as though on fire in the last rays of the setting sun at the darkening water of the canal and the water seemed to catch his attention at last red circles flashed before his eyes the houses seemed moving the passers-by the canal banks the carriages all danced before his eyes suddenly he started saved again perhaps from swooning by an uncanny and hideous sight he became aware of someone standing on the right side of him he looked and saw a tall woman with a kerchief on her head with a long yellow wasted face and red sunken eyes she was looking straight at him but obviously she saw nothing and recognized no one suddenly she leaned her right hand on the parapet lifted her right leg over the railing then her left and threw herself into the canal the filthy water parted and swallowed up its victim for a moment but an instant later the drowning woman floated to the surface moving slowly with the current her head and legs in the water her skirt inflated like a balloon over her back a woman drowning a woman drowning shouted dozens of voices people ran up both banks were thronged with spectators on the bridge people crowded about raskolnikov pressing up behind him mercy on us it's our afrosinya a woman cried tearfully close by mercy save her kind people pull her out a boat a boat was shouted in the crowd 
but there was no need of a boat a policeman ran down the steps to the canal threw off his greatcoat and his boots and rushed into the water it was easy to reach her she floated within a couple of yards from the steps he caught hold of her clothes with his right hand and with his left seized a pole which a comrade held out to him the drowning woman was pulled out at once they laid her on the granite pavement of the embankment she soon recovered consciousness raised her head sat up and began sneezing and coughing stupidly wiping her wet dress with her hands she said nothing she's drunk herself out of her senses the same woman's voice wailed at her side out of her senses the other day she tried to hang herself we cut her down i ran out to the shop just now left my little girl to look after her and here she's in trouble again a neighbour gentlemen a neighbour we live close by the second house from the end see yonder the crowd broke up the people still remained round the woman someone mentioned the police station raskolnikov looked on with a strange sensation of indifference and apathy he felt disgusted no that's loathsome water it's not good enough he muttered to himself nothing will come of it he added no use to wait what about the police office and why isn't zametov at the police office the police office is open till ten o'clock he turned his back to the railing and looked about him very well then he said resolutely he moved from the bridge and walked in the direction of the police office his heart felt hollow and empty he did not want to think even his depression had passed there was not a trace now of the energy with which he had set out to make an end of it all complete apathy had succeeded to it well it's a way out of it he thought walking slowly and listlessly along the canal bank anyway i'll make an end for i want to but is it a way out what does it matter there'll be the square yard of space ha but what an end is it really the end shall i tell them or not ah damn how tired i am if i could find somewhere to sit or lie down soon what i am most ashamed of is its being so stupid but i don't care about that either what idiotic ideas come into one's head to reach the police office he had to go straight forward and take the second turning to the left it was only a few paces away but at the first turning he stopped and after a minute's thought turned into a side street and went two streets out of his way possibly without any object or possibly to delay a minute and gain time he walked looking at the ground suddenly someone seemed to whisper in his ear he lifted his head and saw that he was standing at the very gate of the house he had not passed it he had not been near it since that evening an overwhelming unaccountable prompting drew him on he went into the house passed through the gateway then into the first entrance on the right and began mounting the familiar staircase to the fourth story the narrow steep staircase was very dark he stopped at each landing and looked round him with curiosity on the first landing the framework of the window had been taken out that wasn't so then he thought here was the flat on the second story where nikolai and dmitri had been working it's shut up and the door newly painted so it's to let then the third story and the fourth here he was perplexed to find the door of the flat wide open there were men there he could hear voices he had not expected that after brief hesitation he mounted the last stairs and went into the flat it too was being done up there were workmen in it this seemed to amaze him 
he somehow fancied that he would find everything as he left it even perhaps the corpses in the same places on the floor and now bare walls no furniture it seemed strange he walked to the window and sat down on the window-sill there were two workmen both young fellows but one much younger than the other they were papering the walls with a new white paper covered with lilac flowers instead of the old dirty yellow one raskolnikov for some reason felt horribly annoyed by this he looked at the new paper with dislike as though he felt sorry to have it also changed the workmen had obviously stayed beyond their time and now they were hurriedly rolling up their paper and getting ready to go home they took no notice of raskolnikov's coming in they were talking raskolnikov folded his arms and listened she comes to me in the morning said the elder to the younger very early all dressed up why are you preening and prinking says i i am ready to do anything to please you tit vasilich that's a way of going on and she dressed up a regular fashion book and what is a fashion book the younger one asked he obviously regarded the other as an authority a fashion book is a lot of pictures coloured and they come to the tailors here every saturday by post from abroad to show folks how to dress the male sex as well as the female they're pictures the gentlemen are generally wearing fur coats and as for the ladies fluffles they're beyond anything you can fancy oh there's nothing you can't find in petersburg the younger cried enthusiastically except father and mother there's everything except them there's everything to be found my boy the elder declared sententiously raskolnikov got up and walked into the other room where the strong-box the bed and the chest of drawers had been the room seemed to him very tiny without furniture in it the paper was the same the paper in the corner showed where the case of icons had stood he looked at it and went to the window the elder workman looked at him askance what do you want he asked suddenly instead of answering raskolnikov went into the passage and pulled the bell the same bell the same cracked note he rang it a second and a third time he listened and remembered the hideous and agonizingly fearful sensation he had felt then began to come back more and more vividly he shuddered at every ring and it gave him more and more satisfaction well what do you want who are you the workman shouted going out to him raskolnikov went inside again i want to take a flat he said i am looking round it's not the time to look at rooms at night and you ought to come up with the porter the floors have been washed will they be painted raskolnikov went on is there no blood what blood why the old woman and her sister were murdered here there was a perfect pool there but who are you the workman cried uneasy who am i yes you want to know come to the police station i'll tell you the workman looked at him in amazement it's time for us to go we are late come along alyoshka we must lock up said the elder workman very well come along said raskolnikov indifferently and going out first he went slowly downstairs hey porter he cried in the gateway at the entrance several people were standing staring at the passers-by the two porters a peasant woman a man in a long coat and a few others raskolnikov went straight up to them what do you want asked one of the porters have you been to the police office i've just been there what do you want is it open of course is the assistant there he was there for a time what do you want raskolnikov made no reply but stood beside them lost in thought 
he's been to look at the flat said the elder workman coming forward which flat where we are at work why have you washed away the blood says he there's been a murder here says he and i've come to take it and he began ringing at the bell all but broke it come to the police station says he i'll tell you everything there he wouldn't leave us the porter looked at raskolnikov frowning and perplexed who are you he shouted as impressively as he could i am rodion romanovitch raskolnikov formerly a student i live in shiel's house not far from here flat number fourteen ask the porter he knows me raskolnikov said all this in a lazy dreamy voice not turning round but looking intently into the darkening street why have you been to the flat to look at it what is there to look at take him straight to the police station the man in the long coat jerked in abruptly raskolnikov looked intently at him over his shoulder and said in the same slow lazy tones come along yes take him the man went on more confidently why was he going into that what's in his mind eh he's not drunk but god knows what's the matter with him muttered the workman but what do you want the porter shouted again beginning to get angry and earnest why are you hanging about you funk the police station then said raskolnikov jeeringly how funk it why are you hanging about he's a rogue shouted the peasant woman why waste time talking to him cried the other porter a huge peasant in a full open coat and with keys on his belt get along he is a rogue and no mistake get along and seizing raskolnikov by the shoulder he flung him into the street he lurched forward but recovered his footing looked at the spectators in silence and walked away strange man observed the workman there are strange folks about nowadays said the woman you should have taken him to the police station all the same said the man in the long coat better have nothing to do with him decided the big porter a regular rogue just what he wants you may be sure but once take him up you won't get rid of him we know the sort shall i go there or not thought raskolnikov standing in the middle of the thoroughfare at the crossroads and he looked about him as though expecting from someone a decisive word but no sound came all was dead and silent like the stones on which he walked dead to him to him alone all at once at the end of the street two hundred yards away in the gathering dusk he saw a crowd and heard talk and shouts in the middle of the crowd stood a carriage a light gleamed in the middle of the street what is it raskolnikov turned to the right and went up to the crowd he seemed to clutch at everything and smiled coldly when he recognized it for he had fully made up his mind to go to the police station and knew that it would all soon be over End of chapter 6. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.